rights here. Till we all come into the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. I want to know more about my Lord and Savior. I want to know more about what He did. I want to let my fingers do the walking through the pages of God's Word. Good morning and welcome to Walking by Faith with Crossroads Ministries and Reverend Mark Hawks. Listen in this morning as he talks about the unity and sanctification of the believers. Listeners and followers can also find the podcast and platforms on our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Reverend Mark Hawks, Walking by Faith Podcast, Crossroads Ministries. If you have your Bibles, turn with me here to the 17th chapter of the book of St. John. 17th chapter of the book of St. John, I'd like to begin reading just verse 1. These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. Now, I'm going to skip on down here to verse 14. Christ says, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one. Now notice this, verse 21, that they may all be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that you have sent me. In verse 22, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. We find here, this is called the 17th chapter of the book of St. John, it's called the intercessory prayer, for Christ is praying for his disciples. And if you'll notice here, he's praying for the unity, that they would be one as Christ and the Father are one. He says here in verse 16 that they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. As you have sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them. Now he says here in verse 19, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So Christ prays here for unity with the disciples. That the disciples would have unity with Christ and with the Father through Christ. You know, that's one of the most important things. I think this is really one of the most important things addressed in the church today is unity. The church must have unity. And Christ here in this chapter is praying. He's just a little time off. And I'm going to read this here just a moment. He's going to be standing before Pilate. Christ has spent three years with these men. Christ has called these men. Christ has chosen these men. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And for three years, they had the privilege to be in the most educated college school training that any 12 men on earth have ever received. They got to sit under the greatest master, the greatest teacher that has ever walked upon this earth, the greatest preacher. And they had the privilege of being with him for three years. And they had the privilege to be able to sit at his feet and learn of him. And here in the 17th chapter, he prays 
coming to the end of his ministry, the end of the three-year ministry. He's here and he's praying this intercessory prayer for his disciples. And he says, I pray that they may be one, even as I and the Father are one. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, how can two walk together except they agree. In the book of Ephesians, the key word in the book of Ephesians is unity. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, it says here that, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and, and some prophets and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Verse 11, till we all come in the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See what Paul writes here. Till we all come into the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. I want to know more about my Lord and Savior. I want to know more about what He did. I want to let my fingers do the walking through the pages of God's Word. And I want the Word of God to feed my soul. And as I merge myself into the Word, I enter into the presence of Christ. And the only way to go to the Father is through Christ. Christ offers me the opportunity to be able to go to the Father. In the name of Jesus, His Son, a name given about all names in heaven or in earth. The Word of God tells us in the book of Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. You say, well, what if I don't have tongues? He'll give them tongues. On that day, He'll give them tongues. They'll be given the ability to be able to acknowledge and to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You say, well, what if I don't have any knees? Then God will give them knees. But believe you me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We find here, how can two walk together except they agree? Why? You can't even, a good marriage, you can't even have a good marriage unless you have unity, unless you have oneness, unless you come together, unless most of the time you agree. Or you can have a pretty rocky marriage if you don't agree 99% of the time. If you got two going in two opposite directions, you have a problem. So we find here in the book of Psalms, David writes, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, there's nothing... David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. There's nothing that can take the place of entering into the house of God and worshiping with the saints of God and one mind and one accord and having unity. You know, it's been said, and it's the truth. Everyone knows this. You take a stick, and if you double that stick, it makes it harder to break it. But if you double it up, or you triple it up, or you take anything you want to take, no matter what it might be, and try to break it over your knee, maybe you can't with just one strand or one stick. But if you double it and you triple it, it makes it strong. You see, Christ is telling us unity. He's praying for them that they have unity. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I have given to them my word, and the world has hated them. Many times Christians are accused of, that's all they do is, is hate speech. No, it's not hate speech. No, my friend. No, it's not hate speech. The gospel is not hate speech. God's word is not hate speech. No, the person that really loves your heart and your soul is a person that preaches to you the truth because he wants you to come to Christ, because he doesn't want you to live in darkness. We have unity with Christ. When we come into the church, into the house of God, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Unity. When we are together, when we combine our forces together, we are stronger. And that's when we can start singing that old great hymn song. When the saints go marching in, instead of the church being deluded and the church being on life support, the church can be full of the Spirit of God. 
because they're one with Christ, because they've entered into the prayer room and they begin to intercede and they begin to pray and pray and pray and seek the face of God and have intercession and enter into the presence of the Lord and fall before the great high priest, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus was holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners. That he is able to save them who come unto him. He able to save those even unto the uttermost. Those that would come to him. The power we have of praying, of interceding. The only reason why I can even enter into the courtroom of God is because of Christ. The only reason why I can even pray a prayer and reach up to heaven is because of Christ. It's because of the shed blood of the Lamb of God who set us free. He whom the Son has made free shall be free indeed. Yes, that's what the church needs today. It needs unity. It needs unity. Christ prayed for the disciples that they would have unity, that they would be one as they combined their forces together, as they doubled down on praying and seeking God and fasting, praying and fasting and interceding, continually beating upon the drums, proclaiming the kingdom of God with boldness, proclaiming the word of God. I wouldn't give you two cents for a preacher to stand behind the pulpit and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then as he shakes the hands of everybody that's leaving the church, he halfway apologizes for the gospel. Shame on him. Never, never, never. If you preach the gospel, you don't have anything to apologize for. This is not my word. This is God's word. Unity. One. Coming together, entering into the presence of Christ, seeking His face, throwing yourselves down before Him. I grew up in an old prehistoric time where we had a mourner's bench, where we had an altar call. Now you just sit there in a pew, you chew your gum, you make a decision for Christ, you never shed a tear, you never, you never cry, you never weep, you never fall down, you never see the Spirit, you never see the Spirit of God moving. My Lord, Jesus, help us. You say, are you insinuating that it's an emotional response that I've got to cry or weep or something like that to make you happy? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that everybody ever came to Christ when they got cured by leprosy, when their eyes were... Can you imagine being born blind and having your eyes open? You've never seen nothing. You've never even seen your mother and father. You've never even seen the sunlight. Do you think that man, when his eyes opened up, when Christ opened the eyes of the blind, do you think that they never had an emotional response? I think they did. I think they got the old-time religion. When the Spirit of God moves upon someone, Repentance. If you look at the early preaching sermons of Billy Graham, he says the Bible says one after another. He quotes it time after time after time. Every time he says something, most of the time, 90% of the time, he says the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. The B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. When the saints go marching in. No, my friend, the saints ain't going to be dragging in. Well, some of them are. But the saints of God carry the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, holding him up where he said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Some churches, all they have is a program, and there's nothing wrong with everything being done in decency and in order. But what I'm saying is that a lot of the churches and a lot of the assemblies are just social gatherings, and there's no spirit of God there to convict people to come to Christ. It says here in the book of Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some apostles and prophets until we all come into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to measure up to Christ. 
standards. These are his standards. His standards are holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Well, you Christians are always talking about being holy all the time. And hey, I'll be the first to admit, there are many people, and the Bible even condemns this kind of attitude, this kind of, of behavior. Come not near unto me, holier than thou. I do not have any holiness. I am not, I do not have any justification. I do not have anything of my own to give at the cross. I can do nothing but admit and repent and acknowledge that I need Christ. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Unity. In Luke chapter 9, verse 52, Christ comes into a village of the Samaritans. Verse 53, And they did not receive him. And James and John, the sons of thunder, they said in verse 53, And they did not receive him. Lord, will you that we command fire to come down as Elijah did? Jesus said, You know not what you're speaking about. What spirit are you of? Call down fire from heaven like Elijah did because they didn't receive me in Samaritan? You don't know what spirit you're of. You see, many times we can get in the wrong kind of spirit. I've said this before, and I have to use it again. But our attitude determines our altitude. I want to fly high, don't you? And you know how to fly high? Get down low. <laughs> That's right. You, you want to fly high? You want to fly away? <laughs> get down on your knees. Humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And He will exalt you in due time. Remember, Christ said, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, another a publican. Not a Republican, a publican. The Pharisee stood thus with himself, and he said, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not as this publican is. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And he just patted himself on the back, and he said, you know what, I'm a pretty good old fellow. You know what, you probably are a pretty good old fellow. Matter of fact, you're probably even better than the other people that you might be looking down upon. But I tell you what you are. Sin makes everybody equal. And everybody that's a sinner all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And everybody needs a Savior. And everybody must have their sins. Either your sins when you go into the presence of God. Either your sins will be on you or they'll be on Christ. That's the difference. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because you see, when you accept Christ as your Savior, when you repent, He washes you in His blood, the blood of the Lamb of God. He took our sins. Your sins are no longer upon you. You can't bear them. He bore them. When you accept Him, He takes your sin and He puts it on Him. And He washes it all away. I think your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now you can be a saint of God, blameless, a child of God. Your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> Glory be to God. Call down fire from heaven like Elijah did. Hey, hey, listen. No, you don't know what spirit you're of. Don't get in the wrong spirit. Don't get in that Pharisee spirit. Don't get in that condescending, self-righteous spirit. Remember, you know what? You know what? You know what I think about in the back of my mind most of the time? I'm going to open up to you and I'm going to reveal something to you that probably is not a secret. Way down deep inside in my heart, I know apart from Christ that I am absolutely worthless. Well, now, I don't want to hear that kind of talk because I've got a lot of self-esteem. And I, I tell you, well, I've got a lot of achievements and I've got a lot of degrees and I've did a lot of things good. And I'm an educated man and I can do a lot of things. And that's well good and fine. I'm not putting that down. But at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. At the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. In the back of my mind, I know that in me there is no good thing apart from Christ. Since I've joined and I've been adopted into the family of God, I have bragging rights. And when I brag, I brag upon Him. And I can never go wrong 
and bragging on Him. I can never go wrong by praising Him. I can never go wrong by trusting Him. I can never go wrong buckling my knees. It humbles me to know that my Lord and my Savior would die for such a worm as I. That's right, I said it. Or worm. Yep, that's it. That's in the Old Testament. Oh, how dare you say I'm a worm? Yep, that's what I was. Apart from God and apart from Christ. Kneel at the cross. Leave your burdens there. Kneel at the cross. For the Son of God bore the sin of all mankind. Amen. Jesus said, not as Elijah did. No, call down fire from heaven. Destroy your enemies. No, if you got so much religion, why don't we show the world how much we got? I hear people talking about, believe me, what I'm about to say, I say from experience. I hear a lot of people talking about the gifts of the Spirit. You'd be hard-pressed to find even the fruits of the Spirit in most churches. Hey, can I get an amen? I think it's getting a little quiet out there, isn't it? I'm just opening up my heart here. Hey! They're lukewarm. They're cold. They're indifferent to the things of God. They're not concerned about people and their families who are dying and going to hell. They need a wake-up call. They need you. No, no, your, your pure life or walking close to Christ. What I'm saying is don't be a stumbling block. Be a good testimony for the cause of Christ. Be a good epistle. Be a good walking Bible. Be a good testimony for Christ. That's what I'm saying. He said, you know not what spirit you're of. I came not to destroy man's life, but to save them. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all what? They were all in one place in one accord in one place. They were in unity. I want the gifts of the Spirit. So do I, but you don't get anything just by wishing. You can get anything you want from God if it's God's will. If you pray enough, if you seek God enough, if you pay the price enough, if you fast enough, you can get it if it's God's will. But no, we spiritual giants, we walk around saying, I wonder why his ministries are booming. I wonder why they're doing this and why they're doing that. And they sit around half the time pouting like a bunch of little carnal babies. When the truth of it is, they just won't work and pray to get the blessing. And I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. Unity. They were one mind, one accord, and in one place. Jesus said in the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew, For two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Unity. That they may be one even as I and the Father are one. Then he prays for them. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. Now there's a word that's kind of dirty in the church today. Well, sanctify. Now, I grew up in a church where that everybody, everybody that got sanctified, you know, people weren't sanctified as people who smoked. The people smoked them cigarettes. You know, they went hard and heavy against them people who smoked and Marlboros and that Joe Camel. Got to get, you know, <laughs> boy, I'm meddling today. <laughs> I mean, they went, they went after them, man. They're public enemy number one. You're going to get them cigarettes. Get, them, get yourself sanctified. Hey, I'm all for that. You know what sanctification is? It is the definition is to be set apart by God to be used. Oh yeah, Amen, Amen. But you know what? I'd rather meet a Christian that smokes. And yeah, yeah, there are Christians that smoke. That's between them and God. Final analysis: It ain't nothing to me. It ain't none of my business, except from where in the Word of God comes. But you, you know, I met people who smoke cigarettes who had more Christian attributes, more love and kindness and long-suffering, and they spoke gently, and they were nice, and they were they were pleasant, and they knew they had more spiritual virtues about them than some people who claimed to have everything and have it all, and they had a holier-than-thou and a bad spirit about them. My sanctified ones. Amen.
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. But in a great house there are many vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and dishonor. But if a man shall therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meant for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Set apart! Does it worry you that the church looks worldly and the world looks churchy? While I'm already in this row, I might as well go ahead and finish plowing. Does it bother you that the church looks worldly and the world looks churchy? This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, ever learned and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 3, I have commanded my sanctified ones. He unified them, brought them into unity with him as he was with the Father. He sanctified them. He set them apart. He anointed them. He sanctified them. Unified. Sanctified. If we're going to work for God, we got to get on our knees. If you want your loved ones saved, then you should want your loved ones saved. Now, it should bother you that your loved ones are going to die and go to hell. I hope that this message goes out. I hope some of my kin people hear it. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if they mock. I don't care if they don't like how I preach or what I say. But I want them to hear the word of God. Make your call and your election show. God has placed in our hearts eternity. If you live 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. What is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes away. Compared to eternity, our brief time upon this earth is very short. Every message I've ever preached, every prayer I've ever prayed, every thought I've ever thought, every deed I've ever done, every unsanctified thought I've ever had, every unholy thing I've ever done. I know, I know that I am a sinner. We are all as an unclean thing, and our righteousness as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf blowing in the wind. Our holiness, the best we can do, no matter who you are, regardless of your political status, your financial status, your education. You need a Savior. You see, the Apostle Peter, I think it was Peter, that said, If the righteous shall scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? And he goes on and he writes and he says, Know you this at judgment, judgment, judgment will begin at the house of God. We sit in our churches in America. I heard a preacher preaching on the radio this morning. He said, I've never seen anybody in my congregation ever cry. I've never seen any outcry from them, an emotional response of crying a tear over one of their loved ones. I tell you what, we better start praying for our loved ones. We better be sincere. We better be fast. We better be quick. We better be working. We better be doing it because someday, sometime in the future, I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and I'm going to give them a country every deed, every word, every thought, everything I've done. You say, are you going to be there at the judgment seat of Christ to determine if you've, if you've made it? No. The judgment seat of Christ is the evaluation place where Christ evaluates Christians for the lives that they have lived and the fruit they have produced or the fruit they haven't produced. Glory be to God. Here's the good news. Unity in the body of Christ. Nope, I can't. Nope, I can't hook up with a harlot. Nope, I can't hook up with a compromising church. Nope, I can't walk hand in hand and sing Kumbaya and sing Peter, Paul, and Murray songs. Nope, I can't do that. Nope, nope, nope. I can't join together with the people that worship Baal. No. That's why a young lady shouldn't marry a man who's not saved or vice versa. How can two walk together? Don't be unequally yoked together. Glory be to God. Jesus said, 
St. John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, and I know this makes the progressives mad. That's not the reason why I say it. But you see, the Bible ain't never changed. The Bible hasn't never changed. You see, the Bible hasn't changed. It's been this way ever since I've been a kid. When I used to storm and preach behind Pentecostal pulpits, and they would preach hellfire and brimstone, and they would preach repentance, and they would preach the full gospel of God, and the conviction would fall. I'd see and feel and see people. There's a spirit, the glory of God. Something that if you're, if you're not born again, you don't have the faintest idea what I'm talking about. You think I'm crazy. You, you think I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Liberty. Liberty to do what? Liberty to bring men and women, families, and homosexuals, sinners, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because you'll never know, you'll never be saved until you realize you're lost. And the only way that's going to come about by somebody witnessing to you and the Word of God being presented to you to where you realize that you need a Savior. And then the Spirit of God. You see, you can't even come to God unless the Spirit of God moves you. You see, He's, he's going to reach out to you. He's going to do the reaching out. He's doing the looking. He's doing the looking. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost will come and He will invade and He'll hoover over you and He'll convict you. Convict you of what? Most modern churches would laugh at that. We've got a program. We've got a hundred people here who've made a decision for Christ. No, 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 no. He took my cares. He took my tears. He washed them all away. Jesus said, I, yeah, this is what they don't like. A lot of modern churches don't even like this. Well, we need to be inclusive. We, we don't we don't need to be. We don't need to be aggressive. We don't have to be so offensive. Let me tell you something. The only thing you got to do to offend most people, and most people in dead, dry, formal godliness, but denying the power of our churches, all you got to do to offend anybody out there is just simply preach the gospel and preach the Bible. And I guarantee you somebody, even those so-called church members out there, they're going to be offended. That's right. Yeah, that's right. A preacher that apologizes for a message, a preacher that doesn't stand behind a pulpit and preach the word of God and preaches the whole counsel of God and preaches the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ isn't worth a plug of buffalo nickel, in my, in my humble opinion. Might as well just open the church up and have bingo every Friday night, which that's what a lot of them do anyway. But I'll get off that reservation. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the Pharisees came to him. Is it lawful to poor a man to put away his wife, tempting him? And he answered in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 2. Moses said, write a bill of divorcement, put her away. Yeah, they're putting their wives away just for any excuse at all, you know. And that's another thing. Most Christians are just looking for an escape patch. They're looking for an escape clause in the contract. Well, how much can I sin do this and still be a Christian? How much can I do this and this? How much can I take on to the world? How carnal can I be? How loose can I be with my language? How much filthy language can I use and still be a Christian? They're just looking for an escape clause in the contract. Well, it doesn't say I can't do that. You know, am I being frivolous? Am I reaching? God gave me this. God gave me His Word. Now, you can throw away all my opinions, throw away my interpretations, throw away all my opinions. Maybe I'm wrong on a lot of things. But don't you see that a lot of Christians, I'm talking about New Testament, Bible-believing churches, and people sitting out there and they're carnal. They couldn't pass a third grade elementary Sunday school Bible quiz. Well, I don't witness. I'll let my pastor do it. How come you can't do it? How come you can't engage it? The Bible says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man. To ask you with the reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and with fear. 1 Peter 3 and 15. The Word of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. 
As I said, I've sent forth my sanctified ones, coming to form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Whew. And the Pharisee said, well, we just write a bill of divorce and get rid of our wife. Yeah, yeah. Here's man's world, all right. Well, you know what? I seen one down to market, and she's a lot more slimmer, and she's a whole lot more beautiful. And I'm going to write myself a bill of divorcement, because Moses said I could. And Jesus said, for the hardness of your heart, because of the sin in your heart, he gave you this precept. But from the beginning, Mark chapter 10, but from the beginning of creation, God made male and female. Whoa! Male and female, that's only two genders. Well, I'll be. I guess you know this is coming. There are not 14 genders. There are not 20. There are not 25, 30, 50. No, they're not. Oh, they're not. There's two, male and female. God ordained and sanctioned marriage. God ordained marriage. Not the Supreme The Supreme Court may do everything it doing in its power to disrupt it and divide it and destroy it. That's the foundation. You know what? You don't even have a nation unless you have a marriage. Before there was ever even a church or a nation, there was a family. Before there was a nation built, there was a family. And it wasn't two women. And it wasn't two men. It was a man and a woman. That's what Christ said. Hey, that's not my words. I don't I don't apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for Christ. This is, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. But from the beginning, God, from the creation, God made male and female. Verse 7, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. They shall become as one flesh. They shall be unified. They shall no longer be separate. They shall be as one flesh. And let be joined together. And let no man, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Amen. Well, praise be to his holy name. My friends, I pray and hope and trust that you have a beautiful day. I pray that the Lord will be with you. And I ask, let's close with a word of prayer. Let's remember as Christians, let's remember that Christ unified us. That he wants us to be one with him through Christ. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing can defeat us. Nothing. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you today for your word. We thank you for your anointed word. We thank you, Lord, for the truths in the word of God. We pray that this message would go out today. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you for you being here. Thank you for anointing us today. I know it's been scrambled and I know it's been a little bit messy, but Lord, I've tried to put forth your word. And I thank you and I praise you. And I pray that you bless those that have heard it today, Lord. And as always, you always have said that your word shall not return into your void, but it shall accomplish that which you please. Now bless this word and bless those out there listening. May Lord you meet the needs of all my Christian friends and, and the unbelieving world that they will come to Christ. We ask it in the mighty name of Christ today. May the Lord richly bless you until we meet the next time. God bless. you have enjoyed this sermon by Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries and the Walking by Faith podcast. 
Join us again next Sunday, July 25th at 11 a.m. for a new message. If you would like to make a donation to Crossroads Ministries, mail any donation to Reverend Mark Hawks, P.O. Box 402, Sparta, North Carolina, 28675. Walking by Faith Podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. Be sure to follow us on Facebook for all the latest updates, announcements, and links. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday. Thank you.